Living Adventurously is brought to you in partnership with Kamut, the route planning and navigation app that helps you make the most of your outdoor adventures. Whether you're cycling, hiking, running or bikepacking, Kamut's easy-to-use technology will get you out the door and exploring more of the great outdoors. You can see where I've been exploring by checking out the highlights of my journey on Kamut. Just follow the link in the show notes. My name is Alistair Humphreys. I set out on a bicycle journey around Yorkshire to speak to interesting, ordinary people who, in very different ways, are making an effort to live adventurously. I wanted to talk about what they do, about the barriers they've faced along the way, and to seek their perspective on some of the big questions that all of us encounter in our lives. Welcome to Living Adventurously. <laughs> I've written here, needs intro music. Um, okay, here we go. Um... <laughs> Have a loop. Matt Kettlewell was born and raised on a remote farm in the Yorkshire Dales. The little hamlet he lives in is up at the head of a long valley. There's no through road. It's a quiet place. Matt hadn't travelled very much when he accidentally got himself a job that required him to move to Africa for a year. After that, he was hooked. Hooked on travel and adventure. And Matt now leads groups around the world sharing his passion for exploration. As well as farming, Matt's family run a jam business and they have possibly Britain's least successful cafe, <laughs> the very lovely Stalling Busk Tea Room. It's a um, voluntary honesty box payment system and there's very, very little through traffic. But I paid for a nice cup of tea, sat down with Matt and we talked about growing up in a farming community, making a living out of adventure and also I asked Matt about his motivational tattoos. You just hold it a bit more in front of you. And good fish and chips and whores. Oh, amazing fish and chips. Probably the best ones. Where's, right. where's the best place to buy jam in Yorkshire? Jam, Raydale Preserves, which is over in Hawes. Uh, you can also come up to Stalin Busk and there's a little, a little uh, tea room there with some cheaper jam, but a less variety of jams there. Okay, cool. Right, we've got the volumes levels done. Um... Matt, thank you for inviting me to your house and feeding me curry. Uh, we're sitting in your little tea room. Yeah, yeah. Self-service tea room. Up, um, how many, so the answer here I'm saying is a compliment, not an insult. <laughs> how many customers do you get a day in your tea room about? A day? Yeah. Uh, I was saying we have to go weekly. Okay. Uh, weekly, maybe six. So you're running a tea room that has six customers a week, and I think that is brilliant because that shows what a... <laughs> isolated remote beautiful yeah, place we yeah. are so where are we uh, we're in Stalling busk which is just off from the main part of wensydale in the yorkshire dales up oh, so is this raydale this is what we call raydale but most people say it's wensydale so yeah so when so three four miles down the road is wensydale and yeah. loads and loads and loads of tourists yeah because it's beautiful what i really enjoy about uh, what i'm doing here is just rambling and ambling to just following my nose and coming off a bit and coming to places like this, tea rooms that have six customers a week. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, so you grew up here. Yep. Uh, 
tell us a bit about this, the metropolis that you grew up in. So the metropolis of about 10 houses. Uh, growing up here, we have a, a 500 acre hill farm. So there's no crops. It's just sheep and cows. And uh, growing up here, it's quite isolated. There's about six children when I was little and they all moved away to bigger places. So it left me and a cat. And it's nice up here. It's remote, as you say, which kids hate, but adults love. And uh, yeah, it's a pro. It's, it's is it actually a dead end? Uh, I think for for cars, for car, yeah, yeah, proper yeah. dead end place. But but a beautiful little tiny little yeah. community. So when you were growing up here, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? <laughs> well, I used to be obsessed with Steve Irwin. Uh, the crocodile hunter, and I aimed to work with animals, so I ended up working with animals, sort of exotic animals, not farm animals. Uh, so I went to college to study animal management when I was uh, sixteen. Okay, so that so you you'd done an unusual thing of having what you really liked as a kid and actually making some of it happen. Yeah, I also wanted to be a clown as well, but okay, that, still that. time for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what did uh, what do what did most of the people who grew up in this village go on to do what's the usual route so well not many children grow up here uh so i'd say in the area the local area you're born into a trade so if your dad's a builder you'll end up being a builder or you'll be a plumber or electrician so my best friend his dad's a builder and his youngest brother's a plumber his older brother's a builder and he's an electrician and then if you're born into farming you end up going into farming uh, I'm the youngest of three children, and uh, my family have a farm and jam factory, which my older brother farms, and my middle brother makes jam. So I've had to sort of go off on my own a little bit. <laughs> okay. You didn't get the farm or the jam factory. So you decided then you wanted to go off to college, and, and at that time, did you have any daydreams of going off on traveling the world and doing adventures? Was that part of what you were thinking about? So... Before I went to college, I had never left the country and uh, I suffered with depression at like, college age. And when you finish college, you got the, the hard job of finding jobs. And with depression, I couldn't do job interviews. So I didn't want to go meet anyone. So I did do telephone interviews and uh, I ended up randomly getting a job working with Birds of Prey, which turned out without me realizing was in South Africa. And, uh, so you went for a job and you didn't know it was in South Africa? Yeah, so it was on, it was on the telephone. And the only reason I found out it was in South Africa is when I got some uh, airplane tickets sent to me. And so how did you, having never been abroad, um, and perhaps not in the most confident mental state of mind, how did you feel about the prospect of having to go and live in South Africa? I was uh, bricking it, as you would say. <laughs> but Were you excited or not? Uh, or so I was so nervous, but then... It's like, you have to do it, don't you? And I did it, and I ended up living just outside of Kruger National Park. And uh, it's probably one of the best places I've ever been. Wow. So before you went to South Africa, what were you worried about? Flying. I'd never flown. I'd never been abroad. Uh, the different types of animals I'd be working with. Like working from college, you just work with sort of bearded dragons and little snakes. And then over there, there's... Snakes what can kill you. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's a complete, complete shock. But it was, I'm glad I did it as it set me on this sort of path. 
really? Yeah. So once, so doing that, and then when you came back from South Africa, did you feel like you were a different person to from before? Yeah. So, I, you, as you probably catch the bug, don't you? You catch a travel bug, and I came back and I did some random jobs around here. Uh, so I worked in an auction house down at Laban. Uh, I made erotic chocolate down at Laban as well. And uh, then I ended up realising that I was happy when I was travelling. And so I ended up travelling, doing some random like, little adventures. And then I ended up training as a mountain leader and getting into that that way. Yeah, you don't look now like the usual um, um, lad in a Yorkshire Hills village. You've got your North Face t-shirt, your Alpkit cap on. <laughs> um, do, do you feel now that you've... Uh, changed quite a bit from when you used to live in this little village well you still do live here don't you yes i spend say half my time here yeah uh yeah i've completely changed uh for the good really uh, i enjoy going into my local pub because people always talk about building and stuff like that and no one like understands what you you've been or what you do so when i come back from working abroad i go oh you've had a good holiday uh, yeah, it's been all right. Yeah. And uh, it's just things like that. And then you just carry on with normal yeah. pub chat. Yeah, you, the random conversations. So, what do people, so one thing that I'm really interested in is that the idea of um, trying to belong in a community. So in my head, I'm always thinking, there must be somewhere in the country I can live where everyone loves running up mountains, reading books, blah, 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 all these things, like my list of requirements. And I'm pretty sure that this place doesn't, exist so what is it what do you, you're obviously quite a, you've got a strong tie to this community yeah but most people in the local pub do they th- maybe think you're a weirdo <laughs> or uh, not or do you do you feel that you belong in this community still even after you've been off doing traveling all around the world i'd say yes yeah, majority think i'm a weirdo but now i'm more into this sort of stuff you bump into more and more people who do it Really? Okay. So I like now know local runners and I know local people that do camping, like the camp band we were speaking about earlier. Uh, people go swimming in the lake. Uh, I've noticed a lot more people paddleboarding on the lake. And I thought I was the first ever person to paddleboard on Semawater. And now I see about six people a week during the summer. And windsurfers have started to appear and there's a lot more campers. So obviously the area is getting more outdoorsy, which is a good thing and also has its bad things because it brings a lot more uh, litter as well to the area. Uh, but as a community, I've, there's the hidden the hidden gems of outdoorsy folk up here. Okay, that's interesting to know. So I grew up, so very similar to you, a tiny little village in the Yorkshire Dales. My village is a bit bigger than this, but equally as boring for a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went off offer out into the world and adventures as you did but I've never really done the coming back bit to that same place and I think part of that is because I just think that me now is so different to the me that used to be there so my question for you is what does the idea of home mean to you well I'd say I don't have a home properly I like to travel so I'm happiest when I'm out on the road traveling about so I would say home. In your van. In my van, yeah. I love my van. Uh, home is on the road, really. But there's a real big soft spot for the Yorkshire Dales. And not just Stalin Busk. 
but I love the area. And I'm really passionate about the area. And I do, well, this year I've been trying to promote it as much as I can because everyone goes to the Lake District, everyone goes to Scotland. And this area of my, where I grew up and it's a big part of my heart, no one comes to. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing place. Yeah, it certainly is. So you're now, um, you're a mountain leader. Well, what, what would you describe your job as these days? Uh, I'd say expedition leader nowadays. Okay. Uh, this year I'm doing a lot more hiking in the UK, but most of the time I'm, like, I spend about six months of the year abroad. Uh, but this year, because people are getting married, I'm in the UK a lot more, so a lot more hiking around the beautiful Lake District in Scotland and here. So I imagine a lot of people... And they hear that your job is an expedition leader and you spend half the year off overseas. They think, they say to you, oh, you're so lucky to do that. <laughs> is that, do, do they? Usually when I come back, uh, people just go, have you had a nice holiday? You, you've been working like 24-7 and you've had people being sick and coming across snakes and things like that. And uh, people just don't seem to understand what you have to do well, so you're running these trips. And, uh, and then when you go, oh, no, I've, I've been working. And they go, oh, and then they'll switch off. And... Right. <laughs> okay. So so um, I'm guessing that's sort of local around here, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in this weird world that we live in today, we also live on the internet, don't we? Which is where I knew you from. As in, I thought, yeah, I thought your surname was actually, that's a boring, <laughs> that's a boring story, I won't tell that. Um, but we have this sort of internet life as well. So the sort of people who are interested in the stuff that you do on the internet, um, your nice photos and Instagram, for example, do they do they give you the, oh, I wish I could do what you could do, line sometimes? Yeah, they do. It's, uh, it's amazing is uh, Instagram and things like Twitter as well. Because you build up a little community of people who follow you and who you inspire with your trips and stuff like that. And uh, it's amazing to see the positive changes people make from following the trips I do and uh which sort of drives me on to do them and uh yeah I love it I love seeing how people change from seeing me soaking wet in a jungle in Laos <laughs> did you did you um when you started doing these expeditions did you ever imagine you'd be able to make a, a living out of the expedition life no not at all uh so it was a complete sort of stumbled into it really so I went on a big walk, then from a big walk, I ended what's up... What's a big walk? Uh, Central America. Yeah, that's quite a big walk. <laughs> and then from there, I ended up volunteering for a, a charity. And then with that charity, I ended up leading groups. And I'd never led a group before. So from there, leading that group, I ended up leading three groups. Then I came back to the UK. And then companies in the UK started offering me work doing the same thing, and then offering me money. <laughs> and I was like, well, I really enjoyed that. That's really cool. And now I'm getting paid to do it even better. So I ended up doing that. And then before I knew it, it was earning me enough money to become a full-time thing. And I'm not complaining. It's my uh, my passion and I enjoy it and I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. So what do you say What do you say to people who say to you things like, oh, you're so lucky doing what you do. I, I wish I could do what you do, but I can't because... And then insert thing there don't have the time i'm not i'm not as rich as you i'm not as talented as you or whatever it is you hear what's when when people say oh, i'd love to do what you do but i can't what do you say there i say everyone can do it 
it's just yourself holding yourself back. You've just got to make those sort of uh, sacrifices. So I sold everything here. So now I own a van <laughs> and a, a paddle bar. I've got a shed around the back, my uh, little adventure shed. That's about it. That's about all I have. And I got rid of all that, all my stuff that I had in my house to, to fund my first sort of solo trip, which then led on to all this. So it's just making those little sacrifices to yourself and you could do whatever you want to do. Just a choice then. Just a choice, yeah. yeah. Um, so you seem now a very different person um, in your sort of confidence and the things you're doing compared to what you told me about, uh, which I didn't know a bit when you were um, at college and depressed and too scared to go to an interview, <laughs> so I had to do it on the phone. Um, what, what do you um, attribute those changes to? South Africa. So going to South Africa by myself uh, just made me grow as a person. Going there, I had to talk to uh, people I've never spoke to before. I had to get on a plane by myself, which I'd never done. I had to go to London for the first time by myself. And uh, <laughs> so all, all that sort of sent me on a road to, to growing as a person and growing out of what I was and becoming who I am, really. So, yeah. Yeah. And what do you have any, um, any big plans coming up of adventuring? Uh, so next year... Me and the girlfriend are hoping to hike the Camino de Santiago. Uh, she's just getting into the outdoors, so I thought I'd start her off lightly with a nice walk across Spain. And I'm also wanting to do the Ho Chi Minh Trail on foot, if I can. Uh, so I'm currently trying to save up to uh, fund that. Fantastic. That's two good adventures there. So um, my ride around Yorkshire, I'm meeting lots of different people who are all vaguely something to do with Yorkshire and asking their advice on life. So I've got a deck of cards with some questions in. You want to pick a card, any card, and uh, give me your wisdom if you'd be so kind. Do you want me to read a question as well? Yes, please. Tell me about how you find a balance between work, play, money, and family. Uh, my advice? Well, my money comes from what I'd call my play. <laughs> so I'm lucky enough to do that. You found a way to earn money out of what you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And because I'm... Also, enjoying it and I have free time. Like, currently, I'm at my mum and dad's house here. Uh, I get to mingle with my family. Uh, my brother has two, two young girls and a very young son. And uh, every Thursday, I'll come back and hang out with those two. Just to <laughs> hear some random random three-year-old and four-year-old's conversations <laughs> on how Chitty Chitty Bam Bang can fly. And uh, So, yeah, I think if you find, if you find the... Thing you want to do your passions and you follow that passion it all falls into one doesn't it so do you think you've got a good balance i've got i've i'd say i've got a good balance that's a good place to be isn't it right another one what would your life hold on i can't read al's writing yeah my terrible writing <laughs> what's this one here Oh yeah, what would your life or your work or your project you're doing, what would it look like if it was easy? So That's his look. <laughs> yeah, bad writing. It's like doctor's writing. Yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> doctor's writing without the brains of a doctor. So what would it look like if it was easy? And by that I mean, what's your sort of vision of, oh, if everything was going absolutely perfect with, let's say your work, adventuring stuff, I would be doing blah, 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 blah. Because the reason I ask that is I think it's quite interesting to think about the perfect, this is all that I'm wanting to be doing. Yeah. 
And then all the blah, 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 annoying realities of life, you can then kind of figure them out. Mm. If it, well, if it was easy, you, you wouldn't grow, would you? You wouldn't have any, any passion to drive forward. So you like, this, you like the fact that the struggles and hard... Yeah, and I, I think growing up here gives you that, really. So having to bike down to the nearest shop, <laughs> which is a good six miles when you're like 10, just for some sweets, uh, sort of puts that into you, really. So nowadays, yeah, I don't want it to be easy. I want it to be challenging and hard. You've you got a tattoo along those lines. What's the, um, this one? Dream as if... Ah, so I've got a James Dean quote. Dream as if you live forever, live as if you die today. Yeah. So dream, <laughs> dreaming big and then going for it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good so, one. I like it. I've got, got a few quotes on me. Oh, have you? What else have you got? Any good, the good ones? Uh, uh, great things are done when men and mountains meet. Ooh. It's an, it's an old one. It's, it's not, not a... done by jostling in the street. And yes, yeah. Nice. Any yeah. others? Uh, if you ride like lightning, you'll crash like thunder. I have a motorbike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and do you ride recklessly? Uh, I haven't really had it out. Once you buy a motorbike in the UK, you realise how much it rains. Okay. And, uh, Is it a fair weather sport, motorbiking? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> Just trying to drag it out of my adventure shed, uh, which involves having to drag it through a big bog. Doesn't really help. <laughs> okay. What's it like on a motorbike on a motorway in pouring rain? That's when I always think, I'm glad I'm not on a motorbike. So people who ride around uh, the UK in the rain need to go to Asia and ride a uh, scooter or a motorbike around Vietnam. And when it rains there, you're in for a different thing. <laughs> At least it's warm there. It's warm, but then you're sweating and you've got this really heavy rain, which is like nothing out of this world, coming, flooding the road. So you're getting wet underneath and it's flooding and then the rain's coming down. <laughs> so it's a different world. Okay. Right, let's do another question. What is an absurd thing that you love? Well, my van. <laughs> I do love my van. I'd love a van. It's all kitted out. Is it, do you call it an adventure van? Uh, I call it Post Van Pat. It used to, it's an ex-Royal Mail oh, van. Oh, is it? One of my ambitions in life, genuinely, is to become a postman. I saw the post. <laughs> I passed the postman this morning on that long, long road up yeah, to your yeah. dead end. And every time I see postmen in rural areas, I think that. I, had, <laughs> I first had the idea in the Shetland Isles yeah. um, about, gosh, nine years ago, and it still hasn't gone away. I want to be a postman. Be a cool job, wouldn't it? Yeah. Especially up here. Yeah, it'd be great. One more. Oh, it's a long one. Did anyone ever warn you against being adventurous? How did it feel? How does it feel now? Uh, so I walked through uh, Honduras. <laughs> And Honduras is known as the murder capital of the world. And uh, when I was telling people I was going to go there, the first thing I was told was I was going to be murdered. And uh, I'm not. <laughs> I haven't been. But everything, every time I say I'm going away somewhere, there's always the risk of uh, I, my my mum worries about everything. So she's she's banned off social media because she will see stuff and she'll start to panic. And uh, she always sends me, have you got kidnap insurance? Like, no, well, I don't need it, I don't think. And then I go out of signal for about two weeks, she starts panicking. Uh, but yeah, it's because not many people travel up here, uh, locals anyway, because they're born and they, they work up here and they don't really go to the places I go. So when you tell them you're going to 
somewhere into the middle of a jungle, uh, they panic. <laughs> and they think of the worst case scenario, don't they? I, I used to, when people would tell me their horror stories, I used to get nervous and then start doubting what I was doing. And I've learned a good defense against that, which is to say to the person, have you ever been to that place? And if they say no, then I know I can safely ignore what they're <laughs> saying and go have a look for myself. If they have been, then take it a bit more seriously. But it's very different when you've been somewhere. The sound's dangerous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I, uh, there's, been, there's been a few times I've had like sticky situations where <laughs> you tell people, but then those sticky situations, now I'm not in them, are quite funny. <laughs> so I was, I was mugged. And, <laughs> and the lad I was with, he only ate rice and... I don't eat a lot of rice. And I'd been carrying all these bags of rice. And we ended up arguing about what food to give the mugger because we had no money. So I was, let's give him, let's give him the rice. And he's like, no, give him the porridge. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no. And then by the time we finished arguing, he had gone, the mugger. So <laughs> he just thought you were mad. <laughs> he just got bored and left us <laughs> to uh, have a little, little domestic. <laughs> nice. Right, let's do a couple more. And then I've got to get back on my bike and ride over some big hills. What is enough? Enough. <laughs> uh, I don't think I can have enough. So, yeah, I, I will keep driving myself until the end, really. Uh, enough is not enough. <laughs> okay. That's a new tattoo for you. Enough is not enough. So you don't think you'll um, get to a point when you just think, oh... I've seen enough of the world. I'll just settle down and live off the riches of my tea shop. <laughs> or, or the £4.50 we've got here. Uh, no, no. So there's always something in the back of my mind. So like this summer, I've uh, having a summer in the UK, I've already started advertising to do guided walks in the Yorkshire Dales. So I'm always looking to do something and, yeah, keep myself busy and... Once I've done that, there's always something else, another idea popping up, another, another challenge or another goal. Uh, so, yeah. And do you like that feeling of there's always the next thing and the next thing, the next thing? Do you like that? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't ever think, oh, I wish I was just like the farmer guy in the pub who teases me, who's just perfectly happy being <laughs> in this village working on his farm. No, I could never be the, the farmer in the routine. I would have to be sort of the doing something different, doing something here and there. Like I have, I have aims, like I would like a little, a little cabin in the Yorkshire Dales, I would like to build a cabin. Uh, but I wouldn't want to leave it just a cabin, I'd be looking at doing something else, I'd be looking at maybe building a campsite, like glamping up here or something like that. There's always something else to do, always something, another goal to aim for. It's a bit restless. Okay, we'll do one more question. Tell me the story of something you regret. Something I regret. Uh, there's been so many places I, I wish I'd gone and wish I'd done. Uh, but it, it all falls into... It's a purpose, isn't it? it you haven't gone there for a reason. <clears throat> I was meant to paddleboard for charity down from Yorkshire to London, but I fell ill. And I couldn't do it. I'd never done it. And I made quite a bit of money from... Well, I didn't make money personally, but I made the charity money. 
and uh, I never like did the challenge. So I regret not doing that, and I think that's that's in the the back somewhere. But yeah, it's just the the regret of you've planned something, you've gone through the effort of all the logistics and getting it all done, and then illness, and then just so, you know do it. But so it's all regrets of things you haven't done, rather than regrets of things you have done. Yeah, it's quite yeah. an interesting difference there. <laughs> there's there's nothing properly I regret doing. Uh, not what I can think of off the top of my head. And not, <laughs> not suitable for airing in public. No. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for uh, welcoming me to your tea room. I'm going to have to pay for my cup of tea now. Um, if, I'll feel guilty if I don't. Um, it's okay. Proceeds go to the local village church. Oh, well, well, in that case, I'll definitely pay for my cup of tea. Yorkshire <laughs> gold as well. Um, Matt, thanks very much. It's been a, a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you for visiting. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Adventurously. There's show notes from every episode on my website, alistairhumphreys.com slash podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of your phone and pop it up on social media or leave a review with your podcast provider. It makes a massive difference. Thank you very much. I teamed up with Kamut to make this podcast happen. In case you missed it, Kamut is an outdoor planning and navigation app that helps you explore more of the great outdoors. One of the many ways Kamut helps you have better adventures is through their inspiring collections. Are you exploring a new area and not sure where to begin? Type in where you want to go and local collections will suggest a number of cycling or hiking tours based on the most scenic routes. It's a great way to get started exploring in a new place, particularly if you don't know where to begin. Wherever you find yourself, your very own outdoor experiences are waiting for you. Go explore more with Kamut. Head to kamut.com slash chi and use the voucher code ADVENTUROUS to claim your free region bundle.